Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. It's June 20th, 2017. My name is Phil Prostman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Have uh, hopefully a, a, a jam-packed show, but but a compact, tight show today for you. Uh, as we got to hear from Jeff Weltman and John Hammond ahead of the NBA draft, uh, like most GMs do, they tended to speak in very general terms, didn't talk about specific strategies or specific players um, that they have, but... I'll play some of the some of the tape from that and some of my takeaways from the press conference with the Magic's head honchos as they met the media for the first time since they were hired, uh, but also the last time before the NBA draft and, and this process gets going. And then I'm going to profile today the last big player that I have yet to profile on the podcast uh, ahead of the NBA draft. We'll talk about Jonathan Isaac at the end of the show. But before we get going, I do want to remind everyone of a few things that are going on. It is mock draft season. I am involved in so many mock drafts. I've got to prep my own mock draft that I'm doing for myself. That'll be up on the site on Thursday. I probably won't talk about it on the podcast, so that will be an OrlandoMagicDaily.com exclusive. But I was involved in the in the mock draft with Fansided. Uh, I believe that's publishing Tuesday, so check Fansided.com out. And really... Check out the fansided.com NBA Draft Tracker. It's a fantastic tool. It's going to be updated live during the NBA Draft. Go to fansided.com, hit on the NBA tab, and you'll be able to see the Draft Tracker. It has a link to all the stepbacks, player profiles, uh, player scouting reports. We do a good job scouting the scouting the players at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but definitely check theirs out as well. I, I, I've relied on a lot of the things that they said and a lot of the observations they've made. Uh, in, in addition to my own, of course, uh, as well. And today, Tuesday, is the final day of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA podcast has been doing a mock draft run by the hosts of the various Locked On podcasts. And today is the final day. Pick number 25 is batting leadoff uh, for the final day of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. So to download and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast in addition to the Locked On NBA mock draft, which is a fun and exciting exercise. I hope you guys like who I picked with the 25th pick um, as well as the 6th pick. I I generally got good feedback with who I picked with the 6th pick, uh, which was Dennis Smith. Um, But uh, in addition to that podcast with with all the experts and all the people who cover these teams... You get a podcast with Chad Ford of ESPN.com. You get a podcast with Jonathan Givoni of Draft Express. Mike Schmitz has been commenting on all of our picks during the mock draft. He's due up for an episode with David Locke on the Locked On NBA podcast. So definitely download and subscribe to that podcast. You can find it on iTunes and Audio Boom. In addition to all that, I will be participating in a Reddit AMA on the NBA subreddit page at 2 p.m. I'm going to be a little bit inter- intermittent in the first hour or so because I'm actually doing a, a another a live mock draft with a bunch of other 
reporters as well uh, and, and around 2 p.m. But put your if you have any magic questions you want answered that weren't answered in the mailbag, weren't answered in the first AMA, be sure to put them up on the NBA subreddit page at 2 p.m. All of us who are participating in in today in today's episode or in the final six picks of the draft, we will be uh, on there uh, answering all your questions that we can. A very interesting time at the end of the draft, the 25th pick. Um, it was a really difficult pick to make, I have to say. I, 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 there were there were definitely a lot of nuances to it that I didn't quite expect. Um, the, the exact player I wanted wasn't quite there. The exact type of player I wanted wasn't quite there. Uh, and I would actually say there are some point guards I would really like to pick at, at 25. But with, and, and this actually goes to the fan-sided mock draft as well. I, I'm not as, I like who I picked at 25, but I'm not as, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as comfortable with either of the players that I picked at 25. To be perfectly honest, I, I like them, but recognize they have a ton of flaws, um, and, and that's why I kind of say, you know, I honestly don't think it'd be a bad idea to trade down from 25 um, if if I'm the Magic. But that's either here nor there. That's getting sidetracked. I said a compact show. I've already gone five minutes in. Um, but the uh, 25th pick is very interesting. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are. Be sure to drop a line in on the AMA, on the NBA subreddit page, Tuesday at 2 p.m. as we are hurtling quickly toward the NBA draft. And with that in mind, of course, the the people in charge talked to the media on, on Monday at the Amway Center as Jeff Weltman and John Hammond spoke to the media in preparation for the NBA draft. It's, you know, general managers tend to hold their cards close to the vest. This is a very... Um, you know, this time of year is a very active time of year, um, and uh, and it's it's not. You know, it, there's a lot of moving pieces. I mean, we're seeing that already with what's going on in Boston, in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Indiana, even in Cleveland with the with the announcement that David Griffin will not uh, sign a new contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. A lot of moving pieces, and the expectation for me. And I think for many people are that with four picks in this draft, the Magic are going to be very, very, very active. They've got the opportunity to package some picks and move up. They've got the opportunity to maybe move some of those picks around to bring in a a quality veteran like they did last year, although I don't think they'll do that at six. Um, They certainly have some players that they might be looking to trade uh, to improve the roster. It's clear that the Magic need to do something to make this roster better. And all those pieces, all those dominoes and those pieces start to fall on draft night. This is it. I mean, I've said this, I think I said this during the trade deadline. Everyone is a little bit of a procrastinator. There are just moments in the NBA calendar when the activity spikes. And this is one of those moments. And teams are, are actively thinking about the future of their teams and trying to find ways to engage to improve their teams, especially before free agency begins. And, and as I've said, the Magic are not expected to be very active with free agency. So what is the Magic's plan? How do the Magic feel right now drafting with the 6th pick, with the 25th pick, the 33rd pick, and the 35th pick? Certainly, as I've said, they are active. They're looking around, not necessarily for deals to make a deal, but looking for ways to improve their teams and just trying to gauge what the market's like. And the Magic, of course, have a ton of options ahead of them. But how do they feel? They feel like they've got a pretty good chance at doing something in this draft. 
And even if they don't do something, even if they don't make a move, they feel pretty good about their options. Um, I, I don't know if we do anything strenuously, but we've had discussions with everyone up and down. And, um, you know, you're more kind of feeling, feeling out where guys are and what, what they're trying to do. Um, I do think that we're in a very good position at six where, you know, you can make a case that six is going to be as good as one, you know. So uh, I think that uh, the way that the draft is viewed right now, six is a pretty good spot to be in. And uh, so we, we've talked to everybody, but I don't think we're working in overdrive to try to get to a certain part of the draft. And we're very content sitting at six. Weltman went on to say, that was, of course, Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations for the Orlando Magic. Weltman went on to say later on in the press conference that it's probably not ideal for the Magic to come into camp with four rookies. And, you know, when you bring in that many young players, you're going to expect mistakes. And and, and certainly the sense remains that the Magic will try to push for the playoffs, not necessarily go all in with their player transactions, but the goal will remain to make the playoffs and to compete for a playoff spot, whether they can or not is you know, maybe up for debate. But if option A is maybe to package some of those picks to move up or, or, or find a way to flip them for a veteran or, or, or something, that's option A. But Wallman would say sometimes you got to make option B work. And if they go into camp with four rookies, they go into camp with four rookies. That is certainly the position the Magic feel they're in where they can kind of let the draft happen. And certainly they'll push and, and, and prod and, and understand what the options available to them and be open to them as they arise. But this is a draft, as I've said many times. Well, I'm not necessarily like the, the highest on this draft. I think there's, there's, there are weaknesses in it. But this is a draft to collect, to collect some talent, some real talent. Their picks 33 and 35 are just as valuable as pick 25 in this draft, I think. It's not more valuable in some ways. And the Magic are treating it that way, it seems like. That they're not in a position, they're not in the position where they have to do anything other than get this pick right. The focus, rightfully so has been on that first pick, the sixth overall pick in the draft. Because this draft is very top-heavy. It is it is a very good draft. As I've said, I think on this podcast and certainly on online and certainly uh, on the website on RolandoMagicDaily.com, the player the Magic pick with the sixth pick in this draft is a player they would have easily picked at second in 2013 when they drafted Victor Oladipo. Easily a player they would have picked fourth in 2014 when they drafted Aaron Gordon. And certainly a player they would have drafted fifth in 2015 when they drafted Mario Hazonia. This player that they'll take at six is the best player they will draft in this rebuild. I've sat here and I've been online and I've said... You can't really fault the Magic's drafting because their options were limited. Yes, drafting Aaron Gordon in 2014 was a huge risk and a little bit of a leap. But looking at the options available, the Magic had every reason 
to take their shot, to, to try a big swing. Because there were no sure bets in that draft. There were some, you know, maybe Julius Randle was a safer bet. And he's certainly proving that out. But Aaron Gordon was someone that they felt could develop into a star. And that's what they needed. The Magic needed this draft a few years ago. But now they get this draft. Now they get the chance at a big player. When you look at the top six or seven of this draft, they are very, very good. And obviously you want to have more choices. But the Magic will get to choose between two solid players in this draft. Your top seven, in all likelihood, are going to be in some order. Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Dennis Smith, and Jonathan Isaac. I think the Magic will be perfectly happy taking any of those players. All seven of those players. And I think some people would even throw Malik Monk at eight. And I, you know, I think honestly you could maybe throw Frank Tilakina in there at nine. I wouldn't take Monk or Tilakina over those seven, but I'm just, you know, there are people talking that way. I think the Magic easily see one of those seven players with star potential, with the ability to become that galvanizing central player to jumpstart a rebuild, an all-star player, the thing the Magic have missed most in the last five years. And I believe it too. I really do believe it. That those players have star potential in them. And so the Magic feel good about the options ahead of them. If someone wants to trade down to get the 25th pick, it seems like the Magic have some targets in the middle of the first round that they could go after. A guy like a Donovan Mitchell or Luke Kennard, who, who's apparently going to be in for a workout uh, today, or Tuesday, I think, um, with the Magic. If the Magic, you know, want a second first round, a third first round pick, they can grab it. But the, the thing is, they don't have to force anything. Because the talent is all there. And the Magic are in a position, among other things, to kind of see what's out there too. As as many of you know, John Hammond has been on the radio a few times. Um, Jeff Weltman's spoken a few times. The team has put a little bit of an emphasis on, you know, looking for versatility, looking for length as as skills that seem to be important in the modern NBA. It's made a lot of people think that the Magic will draft Jonathan Isaac, which I'll I'll, I'll talk about him in a moment. I I still think, I, I honestly I think the seventh the sixth pick is now pr- pretty much down to Tatum, I Tatum Smith and Isaac, depending on who's available. I would rank Smith at the lead of that, um, with Isaac following him and then Tatum three. Um, but. You know, I don't. I, again, I don't think you could be upset about taking any of those three players. I think they're all very, very good players. But the Magic aren't in a position to think about need yet or fit. 
with any of their picks, I think. As Weltman, as Weltman has come onto this team, he noted that with where the Magic are at in the process, they just need talent. And the picks they have provide them with the opportunity to add it. I think we're early on in the process to be talking about drafting to need. Even, even teams that are further along probably these days look at the draft as a way to add talent. Certainly where we are, um, that's probably prudent for us. So uh, obviously we want to move forward, we want to improve the team, but I think the draft is a, is a time, especially you know with the higher selections, where um, you're trying to add talent and a guy who you know you can really like grow with. And at the end of the day, that's what the Magic are looking for. Someone they can grow with. Someone they can build with. Someone that can be the anchor for the future of the Orlando Magic. That's certainly what they're looking for at 6. With those later picks, they're looking to add talent as well. I don't think it will be as need-specific. I think, I think you got to look a little bit more for need later on in the draft. Maybe try and plug some holes. But, you know, Weltman, I think, also added a, a really good analogy to that. If you try to draft for need too much, or you try and, and fix, I think, the, I think the question asked, you know, how do you address a glaring mistake? You try to address glaring mistakes. He said, you know, if you focus too much on, a gla- on glaring mistakes or on, on glaring uh, weaknesses, you end up kind of, you know, covering a hole in the, in the dam and other holes pop up around you and you still get sprayed with water. So you need to take the best player available that you can with perhaps an eye on, on, especially later on, how it fits with the roster. Now, I would say that you have one player you do need to think about a little bit when you're taking a pick, player with the sixth pick in the draft. And that is Aaron Gordon. I don't think he's indispensable by any means. If, if you believe, if you, if, Trust me, there's plenty of people. If you believe Jonathan Isaac and Jason Tatum are better players than Aaron Gordon will ever be, you take them. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to give up on Aaron Gordon. So I do have a little bit of an eye on what player will fit best with Aaron Gordon. Again, what player can you grow with? And if Aaron Gordon is to be part of this team's future, I... I I think about it a little bit. Or at least I at least ask the question in the room. How does he fit with this player? Because the rest of it you can kind of shuffle around, I think. But to, to bring it all back now, as the Magic prepare for this NBA draft, as the Magic get ready to make their final preparations and lock themselves in that boardroom for the NBA draft, they feel pretty good about their, the options ahead of them. And they're willing to see how things play out. Not commit themselves to a strategy. Not commit themselves to a player. Not commit themselves even to a player type, it seems like. Although they have some preferences. They seem ready for whatever comes their way Thursday. And of course, we're going to have complete coverage of that on the way. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. 
Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And of course, we have one last player to cover uh, among the players that could be taken with the sixth overall pick. I've talked about Dennis Smith. I've talked about Josh Jackson. I've talked about Jason Tatum on previous episodes of the Locked On Magic podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes or Audioboom and check out the back episodes uh, for our complete draft coverage. Lots of draft coverage um, over the last few weeks um, as we've we've you know had to kill a lot of time to, to get to this point. It's finally here, the NBA draft. And I think I'm going to, and today I'm going to talk about a prospect that I am slow, I've slowly come around to him, but I definitely still have my questions. And that's Florida State Seminoles forward, Jonathan Isaac. The first thing that, that you note with Jonathan Isaac is it seems like he has all the measurables. Watching him play, watching his highlights specifically, it looks like he can be a really, really special player. You know, I, I am someone who will tell who says comparing anyone in this draft, especially anyone in this draft, to one of the best players in the league is a little bit ludicrous. I don't think there's that transcendent player in this draft. And so when people compare Jonathan Isaac to the next Kevin Durant, they're crazy. And let me say unequivocally. They are crazy. Jonathan Isaac is not the next Kevin Durant. But when you watch his highlights, you can kind of see why people said that. Because for a guy who's six foot ten, it's like he's two hundred five pounds, something like that. For a guy who's six foot ten, his jumper looks really smooth. His dribbling is really tight. He looks comfortable with the ball in his hands. He doesn't look like a typical 18-year-old who just sprouted into a 6'10 player. He looks like he was a guard who grew to be 6'10, and because he's just an athletic freak, he maintained his coordination. I mean, the same thing happened to Anthony Davis. He was, what, 6'6'1, and then he sprouted to 6'10, you know, in his junior year of high school or something like that. I, I forget exactly the story with Anthony Davis. That appears to be a very similar story to what happened with Jonathan Isaac. Where he, you know, he doesn't have the the bulk that Davis has. He's very slight and and slim and, and needs to put on muscle. But Isaac looks and plays like a guard, as essentially a power forward. And he does the one thing that you really cannot teach, and that's he plays. Stellar defense. Like, killer, killer, killer defense. In fact, that's the one thing that I can say for certain, and I feel fairly confident saying, that is his NBA skill. That is what he will bring to an NBA team immediately. Now, I wouldn't stick him on LeBron James quite yet. He's got to add some muscle. But as he matures, as he grows into his body, as he gets into an NBA weight training program, like Aaron Gordon, he's going to be a solid defender. That's something that he did well at the college level, exceptionally well at the college level. And to to be a good defender, you got to have 
that in you. It's not something that, you know, especially young players flock to. And if you have it kind of innately that you're going to be a grinder and a workhorse defensively, that is a big plus in my column. Those players are hard to find. Players who are naturally who naturally get satisfaction on the defensive end. And Isaac had to find that satisfaction on the defensive end because sometimes on offense he, he was ignored. And I've talked to some Florida State fans. There's a number of reasons for that. I'll talk about it a little bit more in a, in a bit because I think it's also one of his drawbacks. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. And so if Isaac could be a strong defender like that, that bodes really well for his NBA future. That bodes really, really well for what he can project to be, what who he can become as a basketball player in the NBA. And so he has that strong base to start from. And when you look at some of the other things in this game, he looks like he can develop into a three-point turn. He shot about 35% from beyond the arc last year, which isn't fantastic, especially at the college line. But it's not devastating either. He also looks, I mean, like I said, he's very coordinated. Looks like he has some dribble moves. Looks like he can pull, get to his spots and pull up. Not going to get all the way to the basket quite yet. He needs to add some strength to do there and get some confidence. But he'll pull up. He's got some rudimentary post moves. He'll pull up for, for jumpers and he'll make them. He had moments last year when he looked like he has the complete package. And, you know... Giannis Antetokounmpo has got longer arms and, you know, more kind of raw athletic talent than Isaac. But Isaac's very much in the same mold. And if, if you know, if Hammond can draft a guy like that and turn him into what Giannis became, who's to say he can't with, with Isaac? I think Giannis, Giannis was further along than Isaac was when he was drafted. So don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Isaac is not Giannis yet. But you can see why a lot of people really like this kid. And again, I, I, I've been lower on Isaac than a lot of other people, and I'll explain why in just a bit. But the more you watch him, the more you do like him. The more you talk about how people evaluate him, the more you like him. And it would not surprise me at all, while I don't buy that Hammond has a type or Weltman has a type or that there all these lines about versatility and length mean the Magic are taking Isaac, because while Smith doesn't have length, he does have versatility, in my opinion. And he does have athleticism. And I think he can grow on the defensive end. Isaac has a lot of the stuff that it seems like the Magic want. And so it would not surprise me if he's the pick. Even though it's going to take a little bit more time for him to develop into that star. And it's gonna, the Magic will have to be patient with him. And give him time to make mistakes. And just play. Because Isaac is starting a little bit further behind everyone else. Not necessarily everyone else, but he's starting a little further behind in maybe... I don't want to put thoughts in this to his brain here, but in how he views himself as a basketball player maybe, or how he tries to fit in. It is very tough for freshmen to be team leaders. There's no denying that. I don't put... 
NC State and Washington's losses on Dennis Smith and Markel Fultz. Yes, they were the point guards. If they're really good, they should be able to lead their team to victory, victories. But it's really tough to do that as a freshman. How are you supposed to lead when you're experiencing everything for the first time? It's a problem. And so, yeah, you give them a little bit of a pass. But they still produced. And Isaac's stat lines at Florida State were less than impressive. 12 points per game, 7.8 rebounds per game. The rebounds were actually very impressive, so scratch that. But 12 points per game. His usage rate hung around 20. And, and, and you know, I, I tried to watch a lot of the college prospects, especially as, you know, the season, you know, kind of got lost. And I have this nasty habit of watching every player's worst game. I really do. It's, it's amazing. I watch so many bad games from top prospects. And, when, you know, when I watch Jason Tatum play, you know, I say, oh, Tatum doesn't seem like he's very involved. You know, he's crashing glass a little bit, but not really involved. And I look down at the box score at the end of the game, he's got 12-8. and eight. That was his bad game. I remember watching, you know, Dennis Smith, you know, kind of the same deal that everyone says. He pouted a little bit. He got frustrated, visibly frustrated. Can't blame him with that. Malik Monk, I'd watch games where he was just kind of floating around the perimeter and they weren't getting him a shots and he was useless. And then, of course, second half, he went, he went nuts. The games that I watched Jonathan Isaac where, you know, and, and they were admittedly his worst, probably his worst games. And I, I told people that, I told people this as I was analyzing Isaac. It's like, yeah, I probably watched bad games from him. But those bad games were fairly frequent. And it wasn't necessarily that Isaac played poorly. It was just that he wasn't involved. Or he didn't find a way to get himself involved. How's a Ford? He's not going to have the ball in his hands. And Florida State fans were quick to point out to me that Leonard Hamilton did not run a lot of plays for him. And Dwayne Bacon was a little bit of a ball hog. Dominated the ball for that team. They were still successful, so more power to them. But it wasn't necessarily a showcase of what Isaac can do. But I think there's still a little bit of a question mark about his assertiveness. He doesn't get to the basket very well. Some of that has to do with his frame and his weight and his strength right now. He needs to improve that. But he doesn't quite scream star yet. Of all the players in that top seven, Isaac is the biggest risk. Perhaps the most talented up there with Fultz and Ball and Jackson and all those guys. Certainly in that grouping as far as potential and talent. But he might be the biggest risk. I've often called him the biggest boomer bust in this draft. And that's maybe a little bit unfair in my characterization of him. As I've studied him a little bit more, you know, I, I do see something that can be retained. At the very worst, he's a taller Aaron Gordon with a better jump jump shot, perhaps. Because he's got that defensive instinct in him. He doesn't have the crazy athleticism, but he can get up. He can get up. He's athletic and long, too. So he'll find a way to contribute. And if he, even if he contributes at the rate that he did at Florida State, that'll, that'll be a solid NBA career for him. But my point has always been with this draft, the Magic need to make sure they get a star. And so if you're going to draft Isaac, 
you need to be really committed to him and really sure that he can take that leap. Because there are a lot of other options in this draft too. And so for my money and on my big board, I think Dennis Smith inches ahead is a little bit more of a surety um, to, to become that star, which is why I've, I've constantly drafted him there. I still have Isaac ahead of Tatum, I think. I, I think I put that in my big board. I don't remember. Um, but, but as I've studied Isaac more, I, I've definitely come around to believing that he can be that kind of a player. He has a lot more skill than I saw from him in the games that I watched. And I see why people like him a lot. I really do see why people like him a lot. But with Isaac, it's going to be about how much risk are you willing to take. And if you're the Magic, are you willing to wait a few years for Isaac to make that big leap? I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For complete coverage of the NBA Draft, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We've got our last few player profiles coming out. The Jonathan Isaac player profile will be up on the site today on Tuesday. I know I promised Monday, but I'll push it back to Tuesday uh, for various reasons. Uh, so be sure to check that out as well as the other great content we have on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll, we'll be starting to look, uh, some cursory looks at free agency in the next few days, but all the focus is on Thursday's NBA Draft. Lots to come on the draft as we uh, get closer and closer to the beginning of this offseason. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic to read the companion articles from Orlando Magic Daily. Speaking of Orlando Magic Daily, of course, you should be checking out OrlandoMagicDaily.com every day, but follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily and like us on Facebook at OrlandoMagicDaily for the latest on the Orlando Magic. And of course, a final reminder, today is the last day of the Locked On NBA mock draft. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On NBA for the complete mock draft from all the Locked On hosts, as well as interviews with Jonathan Givoni, Mike Schmitz of Draft Express, and Chad Ford of ESPN.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. See, Jeff Weltman, I can slow down my speech. I'm trying. I'm really trying. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.